Listen, stop what you're doing right now. If you have not got the cat credit literacy course, free course, definitely go ahead and text the word course to 914-353-4741. Again, that is 914-353-4741. Text the word course. It's going to give you access to the free cat credit literacy course. We decided to give out, you know, some free sauce for y'all to help y'all situation. Even if you consider yourself a master at credit, I would definitely get it. Even if you consider yourself a novice at credit, I would definitely get it. So again, text the word course to 914-353-4741 to get the free cat credit literacy course. Enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast, or CAT, where we provide you with consumer education to leverage your power as a consumer within this United States corporation. My name is Michael Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Consumer Ammunition Tactics, or CAT, where we leverage your credit, no debit. Welcome to the episode. What? 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 No, I'm playing. <laughs> All right, y'all know I'll be playing music in the beginning. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to a new episode of the Cat Podcast Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast or Cat, where we leverage your credit, no debit. We teaching about the law. We teaching about all that leverage. We teaching about uh, legacy because you got to pass down the information to your kids, your future kids, your uh, 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 your friends, and all that. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, y'all feeling blessed, amazing, great, the whole nine. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about deleting them bankruptcies, right? Them annoying bankruptcies, them bankruptcies, that's a violation of your right to privacy. But before we get into that, we obviously got to get into the updates. So number one, before we even get into the updates, so y'all may know or not know. I mean, if you pay attention, you pay attention. But you know, I like wearing watches and stuff. And... I was wearing I was wearing a watch I had earlier. You know how like when you get a new watch and you know you gotta work the strap and all that. Well, not the strap, but like the like you press the button to undo the watch or whatever. So for whatever reason, my watch was just my watch was acting like a hoe. It was just hella annoying. Like I was I was pressing on the thing to try and get it off, but it wasn't working. But um, yeah, I, I just say that to say. Do do y'all be going through that too? Y'all let me know. Like DM me. Let me know if you be going through that when you're wearing your watches and stuff like that. Those of y'all to be wearing watches. But yeah, it took me like ten minutes just to take it off because I, I keep pressing on the thing like to unhook it. But it just it was only one side that would come off, so it was like it was stuck or something. I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, that low key like got me annoyed. But I just wanted to say that because you know somebody else might somebody else out there might feel me. Maybe y'all feel me. Maybe y'all don't feel me. But number one, update. Go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. So we on YouTube. We going crazy on YouTube. We growing. We doing our thing. You know, we, we, we doing what we supposed to be doing. And there's information over there. And I'm going to be more consistent on YouTube. When I say that, I've, I've been hella consistent. I ain't, I ain't even going to hold myself. I'm going to give myself credit. No pun intended. But I want to upload at least one video a week, which I think we're doing right now. But when I say at least one video a week, don't be surprised if you see me upload 30 days straight. You feel me? So y'all hold me to that. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to be consistent. I'm not do my best. I'm I'm gonna be consistent. You know, words are powerful, and you know that's that. So go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. At least subscribe to the YouTube channel to monitor and make sure I'm uploading a video every day in the month of May. You feel me? So yeah, keep that in mind. Um, update as well. So I'm reading a book. It's called uh, Give Yourself Credit. Money Doesn't Grow on Trees. It's by David E. Robinson. Some of y'all may have read it. Some of y'all may not have read it. And it got recommended to me when I was in um, a group. And just looking at the chapters, well, I haven't started it, but I'm, you know, I'm about to start reading it. It talks about just, a, just like the different consumer law stuff. So it talks about um, A for V. If you don't know what A for V is, it's acceptance for value. You can do your research on that. I'm not going to get too deep into all that. It talks about a HJR192. That's basically kind of like 18 USC 8. Is it 18 USC 8? Yeah, 18 USC 8, you know, with the whole obligation thing. So, yeah, I'm excited to read this book and I'll keep y'all updated. The back says no money exists to pay debt. All demands for payment are demands for money. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but basically, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, that consumer law lane, things like that. So if you follow me for consumer law, you know. I, I definitely recommend you tap into it because I, I just looking at the table of contents, I think it's going to be a good read. Um, Update, update, update. We don't have too many updates. So next update. Manufacturer spending. Manufacturer spending. I already told y'all I'm not dropping no more podcast episodes on manufacturer spending. But what we did now, we just started a Facebook group, private Facebook group for the people that got the cat manufacturer spending secrets course. And I ain't going to hold y'all. I'm working on a new manufacturer spending tactic right now. This could be the goat of all manufacturer spending tactics. And I'm only going to give it to the people that invested in the course, right? So, yeah, if you haven't got the course yet, I definitely recommend you get it. Because by the time you're listening to this, if it's like, you know, a year from now or something, we're going to have some crazy methods. There's going to be a lot of people in the Facebook group and, you know, people just exchanging information here and there. So really just understand that. Really just really just know that you know there's power in investing in yourself. Right? I put something on my story over the weekend. I was basically saying, like, if I gave you, if I told you I'm gonna give you $150, or no, if I said give me $150, but I'm gonna give you at least fifteen hundred dollars, it could be more. What would you do? I did a poll. And the obvious answer is that you're gonna give me the 150 so you can get the fifteen hundred. Most people voting that, but the second option was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm going to keep my little 150 because I hate free money or whatever, right? And everybody that was voting in the first option saying that, you know, they're going to give me the 150 so they can get 1500 because they're not dumb. If they didn't have the manufacturer spending secrets, of course, they're basically voting option two saying that they're going to keep their little $150. So I just put it in that perspective so people could really grasp the concept of not having the cat manufacturer spending secrets course <laughs> because you got to understand not only is environment important and it's going to really help people get to the next level as far as being in the Facebook group, but the new MS tactic I'm going to be giving to the group is, is next level, man. It's next level. And I'm, I'm only going to give access to it, um, to the Facebook group. So if you're listening, go ahead and grab the manufacturer spending secrets course. You can go to uh, CATactusLLC.com. If you text MS to 
353-4741. You can get the $5 guide and I think you get a discount on the Manufacturer Spending Secrets course as well. So that's something you can do. Grab the course. Don't grab it. At the end of the day, we're going to be in the Facebook group. We're going to be chopping it up. We're going to be making money. So it's up to you. If you're allergic to money, if you're allergic to success, or if you want to come in with us and be blessed, you feel me? So yeah, update as well. FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act for my consumer law junkies. We're going to be teaching an FDCPA class in exactly two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks is what? May 15th. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Well, I mean, the class is low-key already filled, but um, I mean, you could DM me and see if you qualify or when I... Um, when I drop this episode, you know, time's going to go by and I already taught the class. I don't think there's going to be a replay, but you can DM me FDCPA just in case there is a replay. And then, you know, we'll go from there and I'll send you the link or something. So yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so I'm going to be teaching that the same way I taught the FCRA class. If you don't have the FCRA masterclass, two hour masterclass, go ahead and text FCRA to 914-353-4741. That is 914 914- Three five three four seven four one. If you have our number already, you're on our text list. Make sure you save it as you know Michael Benjamin Cat or whatever you want to save it as, just so you know what time it is, because um I think that's important. Last update. So you know we've been doing all these solo episodes with me. I'm gonna be bringing my homie to or my homegirl to talk about Airbnb, and. Yeah, she 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 be going crazy with the Airbnb, so I'm definitely excited to have her on the podcast. I want to, cause you know what you know what like the guests we've been having, it's typically people that all do credit. I want to kind of expand and let y'all know more about you know that legacy, that leverage part. Because when we talk about leverage, we know there's manufactured spending, but there's also you know Airbnb. There's also um, different investments, real estate, all of that. So I want to, or I'm going to expand by bringing those type of guests on. So I'm excited to bring my friend on. She's going to talk about Airbnb. She's going crazy with the Airbnb space. So y'all be on the lookout for that. I'm going to be interviewing her at the end of this upcoming week. And then if I can, if me and my team, we can get all the edits done and all that, we'll have it posted next Sunday. We'll do the live and everything. Y'all know how that goes. And uh, we'll go from there. And we'll probably upload it on YouTube, just like how the um, the one with the uh, Duran is on there on YouTube as well, and we about to we about to upload um the full video with uh, my homie Julian J Talks Credit. If y'all heard his episode with Business Credit, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for all good things, and we're gonna get into this bankruptcy episode. Let's get it. If you want to master consumer law just for getting deletions or just your own pleasure or whatever reason, but you don't necessarily want to know like everything, you want the most important parts, I got the solution for you. I taught a FCRA masterclass, Fair Credit Reporting Act masterclass. And in this two hour masterclass, I basically walk through all the important information you need as far as the Fair Credit Reporting Act to get those deletions, get paid, etc. I walked through my entire process of how I go about getting deletions and all that. If you want to grab that replay, it's very, very cheap right now. If you want to grab that replay, go to catactusllc.com, click on courses. It's going to take you to FCRA Masterclass Replay. Go over there, grab it, don't grab it, whatever you want to do, but it's available. Uh, enjoy the episode. 
All right, listen, we're going to get straight to it. We're going to talk about deleting bankruptcies on your consumer reports, on your credit reports, however you understand the language whenever I'm talking about credit. All right, so some people do bankruptcies a certain way. I'm going to discuss a different approach, which maybe you've done, maybe you haven't done it. So the typical way, well, before we even get into it, before we even get into it, don't even delete or not listen to the episode just because I'm talking about bankruptcies if you don't have a bankruptcy. The importance of the CAP podcast, the Consumer Ammunition Tactics podcast, the importance of it and why it's so dope is because even if you don't got that type of information on your report, you probably are somebody that's listening to the podcast. Maybe your family, friends, circle don't listen to the podcast as well. So what does that mean? You got access to certain information a lot of people don't got access to. So what does that mean? That sounds like you can be making money off of the information. What do I mean by that? If you know someone that has a bankruptcy, what I'm about to tell you in the episode, go ahead and, you know, you could charge them a certain amount of money for it. So, yeah, just basically understand that because I can't impact everybody in the world. One person can't impact everybody in the world. You have access to a network of people that I don't know. So it's like if they got bankruptcies and things like that, you could always send them our way and get your referral fee. But um, at the end of the day, if you just do this, that, and the third, as far as what we're saying in episodes, as far as what I'm saying in episode, then you'll be able to get the item deleted. And, you know, you can, you can, start, a, you can start a whole business based off of the whole podcast. If you listen to every single podcast episode I put out, you know how to start a credit repair company. You know how to start a credit repair business. The last episode basically told you about best practices and things like that. So just keep that in mind before we even get into the episode. All right. Now we're going to get into the episode. So basically we're talking about how to delete a bankruptcy, delete bankruptcies from your consumer report, credit reports. And the typical way that people do it, if you don't know, because I don't know what everybody knows, the typical way that people do it is they freeze their LexisNexis report if you don't know what a freeze is, a security freeze, it's basically where you alert them that you want your report to be frozen, which means that, you know, creditors can't pull it and things like that. So as far as like, um, like Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, when you place a freeze, it's basically so that nobody can pull your report as far as like creditors and things like that. Whenever you're freezing the secondaries, Secondaries meaning LexisNexis, ARS, Innovis, SageStream, etc. There's so many. As far as the secondaries, when you're placing a freeze, you're basically the whole purpose of you doing a freeze on the secondaries is so that when you go ahead and dispute with the primaries, which are Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, they won't be able to get the information from the secondaries. Because if if you're new, you got to think this is how it goes. Experience, TransUnion, and Equifax, they are not powerful. So they get the information from snitches. These snitches are the secondaries. LexisNexis is a snitch when it comes to bankruptcies. So you just got to familiarize yourself with the secondaries and what kind of information they, what kind of information that they furnish. So LexisNexis is notorious for furnishing bankruptcy information. And I'm going to go even further. Maybe you don't know this, but LexisNexis, they get the information from... Um, a consumer reporting agency called Pacer, right? So one way you can actually get rid of that bankruptcy too, this is, this is not a way that a lot of people talk about, but you can compare your Pacer report 
and see if there's any inaccuracies between your Pacer and LexisNexis. And you can dispute directly with LexisNexis to improve your chances at um, that removal. So a lot of people know that, okay, if you freeze your LexisNexis, you have a higher chance of getting it removed. And that's possible. That works. But what I'm saying is that you can go get your Pacer report as well. So the Pacer address, I have it here. It's a PO Box 780549, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And then as far as a number, I don't know. If, there's two numbers. I don't know if that's a fax and a um, mailing number. But one of, them is, one of them is 1-800-676-6856. And then one is 1-210-301-6440. So you can give those numbers a call. See if you can get your PACER report. And that'll help you, you know, get better at get a higher chance of approval at deleting it. But that's not the different method I was going to talk about in the episode. So, yeah, I want y'all to understand the typical way. So the typical way is, okay, I freeze my LexisNexis. I have a higher chance of removing that bankruptcy. And that way may work. You know how it goes with credit. You want to try as many different ways as possible. Because at the end of the day, every report, every report is different. You might try something for one report. You might try the same thing for a different report. You might get different results. So really just try multiple ways and really understand that, um, you know, you just got to be consistent and you'll get your desired result. So, yeah, in this episode, we're not we're not going to talk about just freezing LexisNexis. We're going to go directly to LexisNexis and let them know we're going to hit them with the laws and things like that. Right. So if you don't want to do all that, number one, you can do the typical way. Typical way is freezing your LexisNexis report and disputing with Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, wherever it's reporting, and then you have a likelihood that, you know, they may not be able to quote unquote verify it. Technically, they can't verify nothing pursuant to uh, 1692G. And when you we talk about like a record of accounting, UCC 9-210B, um, they, they're not going to give you an authenticated record. I might talk more about UCC codes in future episodes, but let's stick to um, the USC for now. So bankruptcy. So what you're going to want to do, this is basically how you'll do it. So you're going to write a letter to LexisNexis, basically letting them know that, you know, they've um, published this alleged bankruptcy and they're not supposed to be furnishing that information. But number one, let me let me let me go like straight from the top because I'm I guess I'm skipping steps. So what you're going to do, this is like the typical step. You're going to write the bankruptcy court. You're going to be like, you're going to write them a letter and be like, um, basically asking them, did they, did they, um, give LexisNexis permission to public, did they give LexisNexis the information about the bankruptcy on you or whatever? If, if it's about you or whoever the bankruptcy is, right? You're going to write the courts. Did they give them permission and all that? And then basically what they're going to do, the, um, the why am I jumbling my words? The the court, basically the bankruptcy court. Okay, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna write the bankruptcy court. Let me start from the bottom. Start from the top. You're gonna write to the bankruptcy court. You're gonna ask them if they furnished your information, your bankruptcy information to LexisNexis or any other consumer reporting agencies. They're most likely gonna mail you a letter saying no. What are you gonna do with that letter? You're gonna Print it out. You're going to make copies. You're going to sleep with it. You're going to do whatever you can do with it because that's going to be your evidence. That's going to be your exhibit. 
If you don't know what exhibit is, it's basically proof of, you know, violations or whatever. And you're going, you know, you're going to have a copy of that because you're going to include that in your dispute, CFPB, all that. So basically, they're going to say no because that they don't do all that. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to explain in a letter to LexisNexis attaching that letter saying that they didn't have permissible purposes and the bankruptcy court said that they didn't give them the information. So how did I how did they get the information? Fraud without your permission, right? Identity theft. All the the whole thing. Aggravated identity theft. All of it, right? All these violations. So basically in your letter to LexisNexis, you want to basically let them know that you understand that um they're not supposed to have the information because you wrote to the bankruptcy court, you understand that the bankruptcy court said that they don't they didn't give the information to LexisNexis. So obviously, LexisNexis committed identity theft. They committed fraud because they got your information and published this information to uh, Experian without your consent. And selling information, we gonna, we going to get into the letter because I have a bankruptcy letter that's very, very powerful. You can go, get, you can go and get it on the website if you want. CATACUSLLC.com. Um, invest in yourself. Being cheap is very, very expensive. Do not be cheap. Now, listen. Remember, LexisNexis gets this information from Pacer. So when we talk about from a remedy standpoint, you got to look at the whole situation that's going on. Let, not only is LexisNexis violating, but Pacer is violating as well because Pacer is giving that information to LexisNexis. And then LexisNexis is giving that information over to Experience, TransUnion, and Equifax. So it's all these CRAs that's violating you just based off of publishing this bankruptcy. So it's a lot of remedy that you can invoke based off of this whole situation. If, you, if you're that petty, you know, you can go through that whole situation, but I'm just here to tell you how to actually get the deletion. So you're going to write to LexisNexis, LexisNexis Risk, Risk Solutions Consumer Center. Um, it could change depending on the episode, but the address is P.O. Box 105-108, Atlanta, Georgia, 30348-5108. That's the zip code. So basically, you're going to write to LexisNexis, letting them know that you understand that there's an alleged bankruptcy, right, on your consumer file under your public records section. That's a violation of your rights of privacy. Why is that a violation of your rights of privacy? Let's go into the uh, FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Let's not even go too deep. Let's go to 1681A4. Go down to number four. Doesn't that talk about a violation of your rights of privacy? That's a violation right there. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Um... Okay, yeah, that's why I even put in my letter. I'm looking at my letter right now. So yeah, so 1681A4, quote that law to them. Let them know that's a violation of your rights to privacy because they're supposed to have a respect for the consumer's right to privacy. And then also in the letter, I was basically talking about how their agency is in violation of the Privacy Act of 1974. And the Privacy Act of 1974 prohibits the disclosure of a record about an individual from a federal system of records. Unless there's written consent from the individual. Who is the individual? You. And I ain't talking about uh, the Netflix show. Right? So understand the Privacy Act of 1974. You can quote that if you want. You don't got to go too deep. I just put a lot of information in this uh, bankruptcy letter. Like I said, you can get from the website, CATACUSLLC.com. It'll make you that much more powerful. If you want to help people get rid of bankruptcies, you know, go ahead. Do what you got to do. So... One thing, too, with uh, your letters, I want you all to write it like yourself, like you're, you're talking. So in the letter, I put as an example, I said I never gave your agency consent to contact the bankruptcy court to furnish this alleged information, alleged information on my, ha- my behalf. 
So write it how you would talk, right? Because you don't want them to be like, oh, this is a credit repair agency and all that. And then I put in the letter that, you know, I'm aware that they deal with um, PACER because not a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that, you know, they work with PACER to get this information. A lot of people think that, okay, LexisNexis and just furnishes it to Experience, TransUnion, Equifax and all that. You got to understand they work with PACER as well. So while you might be trying to invoke your remedy against LexisNexis, look up your PACER report as well. Right. So hopefully, you know, maybe I gave you some new information today. You know, you can go look that up. And um, yeah, I, I talk more in a letter about their relation to Pacer and stuff like that. And then you can also say, basically, you want to let them know what you sustained. So I say you sustained defamation of your character because this information, this public record information, I mean, this information that's supposed to be private is on your public record. And you'll be demanding $10,000 in damages. It could be for whatever you want, right? Because when we talk about um, 1681N, 1681O, that's $2,000 worth of violations alone, depending on the violation. We could talk about aggravated identity theft. We could talk about um, defamation of character. Like, you could really multiply, you know, whatever, whatever your damages are to you. I can't tell you what your damages are, right? So you could write that in your letter. And then the important thing you want to do is give them a deadline. So LexisNexis, I said, you can do 30 days, but I say you have 14 days to respond upon receiving this letter to delete the legend information and notify Experience, TransUnion, Equifax, or whoever it is reporting. Because the whole goal of this method is it's different from, it's different from the typical method where people are like, okay. Ha, uh, freeze your LexisNexis and then just go dispute with Experian TransUnion Equifax. We're attacking Le- LexisNexis because a lot of times you're going to see that it gets deleted off LexisNexis a little bit easier. And once it gets deleted off LexisNexis, it's, you report that to Experian TransUnion Equifax, wherever it's reporting. And then they're going to be like, oh, OK, you know, you might have to do it a couple times, but just really understand that, you know, this is this is a method of what you could do. So that's pretty much what I would include in the initial letter to LexisNexis. Um, I've seen it work for people and it's been it's been powerful within the first round. But sometimes, you know, you don't get your desired result right away. So what will you do now? Remember, in the very first letter, we let them know the information is inaccurate and it's not supposed to be reporting because of the fact that we sent them the letter from the bankruptcy court. Uh, Maybe we did a CFPB complaint. You know, we did everything we needed to do. So. They understand, LexisNexis understands, and they have reasonable cause to believe that the information is inaccurate. So those of y'all that understand the laws, you know where I'm getting at. So second round, what are we going to do if they playing games or they talk about all this verified stuff? We're going to talk about 1681S-2. And speaking of verified and all that, you guys got to remember, don't get discouraged when they're talking about some verified, validated, and all that. They can't validate nothing because that's based off of you, you the consumer. When we talk about uh, 1692G, right? The validation of debt. Something more powerful is we talk about UCC article uh, 9-210B because that talks about requesting um, a statement of accounting. So whenever you send a validation of debt letter, verification, whatever, and they send you a statement, which is typically what they do, that's technically not a validation, verification, whatever, because... When you when you use like the UCC law, you're basically requesting a statement of accounting and a statement of accounting basically means look, you can look it up. If you go to um, 
UCC 9-102, I think is a definition section, but I'm talking about 9-210 right now. So 9-210B, it talks about request for an accounting. Request for an accounting basically means that it has to be an authenticated record. Authenticated record means that it has to be signed by an official. When they send you that statement saying the collection people or whatever saying like, oh, this is uh, verified and all that, they're not sending you something that's signed by an official. It has to be an official, something that's signed by an official. Y'all should understand based off of the law how powerful a signature is. So if they just send you a statement or whatever, that's prima, that's prima facie, right? Prima facie just meaning that, oh, it's just accepted as what it is without even being what it is, right? So... You guys just got to understand, you know, whenever they're saying you statement of accounts and all that, it's not accurate. But I don't want to get too deep into the UCCs and all that. I, that wasn't what the episode was for. I just wanted to let y'all know whenever they're talking about this verified, validated and all of that. Don't, bro, don't be listening to them. So in the second round, we're going to talk about 1681S-2, which is the, you can look it up. Responsibilities of, um, you know, furnishing information and all that. And... We're going to be using Title 18 because we're going to talk about bankruptcy fraud, right? So the law I want you to write down, you can look it up on your own, is 18 U.S.C. 157. 18 U.S.C. 157. You see how we're going into Title 18 now. Now we're giving them, we, we, we going crazy on them. And it's basically talking about the fines that they could have, you know, jail time, all that. And then you'll say basically that you're demanding a deletion. You never ask them to verify any accuracy of an alleged account when they talk about verification, validated, all that. Talk to them. Let them know. I didn't say all that. I said delete it because, you know, it's not supposed to be on there. So it's deemed inaccurate. So now you're going to quote, um, you can quote your right to privacy again. And yeah, basically, you know, you gave them reasonable cause to believe that the information is inaccurate. So you do all that, you know, do your CFPBs, BBB as best practices. And, you know, you should get that item deleted. Be consistent, be persistent, and you'll really get to that next level. Don't make this stuff too deep. Um, you could definitely also do factual disputing. And one thing, too, I'll say, OK, this is what I wanted to say, too. So let's say you get in a situation where you've deleted it from LexisNexis, right? And then you send it, let's say it's on the three consumer reporting agencies. Let's say you only get it deleted from Equifax because TransUnion and Experian be playing. Let's say Experian, TransUnion still are reporting it. What you could do whenever, this is just best practices, whenever one item gets deleted from a certain uh, bureau, consumer reporting agency, whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't get re uh, deleted from a separate one, you want to go to 1681E. So 1681E talks about compliance procedures. You want to go specifically to 1681EB. And I'm not looking at it right now, but it basically talks about maximum possible accuracy. And you want to quote 1681EB because if something is deleted on one of them, but it's not deleted on the other ones, that is not maximum possible accuracy. Their compliance procedures means that they have to be obeying that maximum possible accuracy. So you could tie that into your letter and that could be very, very powerful as well. So just keep that in mind. Take action on what I said today and, you know, let me know about the results. Y'all have a blessed one.
Thanks so much for listening to the Cap Podcast. I hope you got beneficial information. If you got beneficial information, shout us out on social media. Uh, send us a review. You know, let us know. Hopefully everything's good with you. If you have not got the free Cat Credit Literacy course, go ahead and text the word course to 914-353-4741. Again, that is 914-353-4741. You've listened to the episode. If you haven't gotten the free course, now it's time to take action. Y'all have a blessed one.